This week on the podcast, talking to the 92nd Street Y on how they created the movement of Giving Tuesday. This is Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, for anyone who knows me, you know that I am a huge Giving Tuesday geek. We track every possible number, we push it out there, we create content to help more organizations get involved because we deeply believe in this day of giving. Uh, coming up, you know, the Tuesday following Black Friday of every year uh, in the U.S. And, uh, you know, check your local country because it's it's coming to a country near you. It's an amazing day. Uh, they raised well over uh, 274 uh, potentially even 300 million last year around the, the the day of giving and it just you know it just continues to grow year over year it's a phenomenal story though because if i were to ask you which organization actually had created it you'd be like well didn't didn't it just appear in the zeitgeist didn't it just a bunch of nonprofits get together. You know, with many movements, you know, the the more successful ones, sometimes the story of the the origin is lost for the sense of the greater purpose. And that's the tone here. This is an amazing, selfless movement. And I think one of the core ingredients early on was the willingness not to take credit for what it was, what it could be. And certainly, I think, uh, that has been one of the driving, you know, the driving factors behind why so many nonprofits can adopt and can push it. And look, there's a lot coming up. I love this conversation. I really think you should participate in Giving Tuesday this year, either as an organization or plan your own giving. But enough of me. Let's get in to talking with Asha Curran, the Chief Innovation Officer of the 92nd Street Y, and get behind this story. Asha Curran, I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Uh, you're the Chief Innovation Officer. I love that title, Chief Innovation Officer of the 92nd Street Y. How's it going? It's going well. I asked for that title. I walked <laughs> in and said, can I be Chief Innovation Officer? And my boss said, sure. So there you go. A lesson Good to lesson everyone to listening. Kids. Just, hey, kids, just if you want to be the Innovation Officer, just say that. Um, can you help us understand what uh, the Chief Innovation Officer at the 92nd Street Y does and maybe a little top level about the 92nd Street Y? Yeah, sure. So the 92nd Street Y is uh, is actually important to the Giving Tuesday story because it's kind of counterintuitive. So the 92nd Street Y is a big, um, very prestigious, very old, 143 years old cultural institution in Manhattan, um, does lots of things, has a concert hall, has a nursery school, has an old folks program, um, no history of starting movements, but uh, but does amazing things for the community. In its history, it's done those things at a very local level. Um, so about 10 years ago, we uh, had a new staff member join us named Henry Timms, who's now the executive director of the Y. Um, and he, he is the person from whose brain Giving Tuesday sprung. Um, and he and I started doing some work trying to reimagine the 92nd Street Y's mission for a 21st century um, audience and to start thinking about the word community in more of a global community sort of sense. 
Uh, and so the, the WISE mission is all around uh, education and dialogue and, um, you know, kind of in, enrichment of lives from you know, very young age to very old age and civic participation and engagement and just all those good things. So we were really trying to understand how you bring those ideas and that incredible mission um, out beyond just a couple of zip codes. And so we started working on things like the Social Good Summit, which was a big collaboration with the United Nations Foundation and Mashable um, to kind of examine the nexus between global development and technology and to invite uh, a young and global audience in to have that conversation. So a sort of juxtaposition to the very closed and elite nature of the UN General Assembly. Uh, and from there, we went on to create just a bunch of other essentially experiments. So like kind of low resource, uh, really just kind of the two of us working, you know, in a very rogue sense. And, you know, some of them didn't work and, and some of them worked really well. And one of those early was Giving Tuesday. It wasn't the first thing we worked on, but it was um, obviously the thing that has achieved the greatest scale. And so somewhere along the way, somewhere along that journey, we actually realized it was time to, to start an actual intentional innovation lab. And so now we have a bustling, thriving innovation lab with the full staff running programs that all follow the distributed nature of Giving Tuesday. Uh, this is this is fantastic. There are so many things, so many questions I want to ask because I am such a massive fan of Giving Tuesday. Those of us uh, who would live under a rock, just in case you don't know, that is this year on November 27th. Uh, 2018 as we're talking, and it's a day of giving, right? It's something that follows the Black Friday and I guess Small Business Saturdays, I think we do now, uh, and Cyber Monday. And then after all of that buying, it's time to give. Is that a, a – what is your pitch on it like to somebody who's under a rock? No, I think that's a totally fair assessment. The only the, – the misunderstanding that I find that people have about Giving Tuesday is that it's essentially synonymous with Fundraising Tuesday, uh, and it's not. It can definitely be about fundraising. It certainly has raised a lot of money for nonprofits, and that's fantastic. But it's about generosity with a much, much larger lens than just – giving money. Um, so I think the way you the way you summed it up is perfect. And, and I also love it, George. I find it a real privilege to work on. It's an incredibly um, inspiring and optimistic uh, movement filled with people who are really impatient for positive change and who I, I have a lot of fun being around. Um, so Giving Tuesday is certainly about you know, the, the social sector and its ability to impact real world issues and the support that it needs. Um, but it's also about things that can't be measured. It's about acts of kindness. Um, it's about uh, charity toward our neighbors. It's about raising our children uh, with a focus on generosity. So uh, the, also the incredible thing about Giving Tuesday is how global it is now. So as you said, it was originally predicated on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but it exists in dozens and dozens of countries where those days are not a thing. So the cool thing about Giving Tuesday is how much it resonates in places where it's kind of just this random Tuesday in November or December. Yeah. Now, before we get into the hero's journey, which is mighty and mighty awesome, I think all too many times we end up sitting and be like, oh, obviously, why don't we just create our own national movement? You, you kind of hinted at not all of our ideas were good ones. So is there like a why don't you just give Wednesday that sort of like didn't make it that you can be like, yeah, there was a there was a bunch of broken eggs before we got this. Like within Giving Tuesday itself, within our strategy with regard to Giving Tuesday or other projects? 
other projects or on your road to a concept like this, you know, a national movement that basically made it to, you know, your your mom and, and sort of just never never caught on after that? No, there were there were actually none of those. And the truth is that Giving Tuesday was was really early in this journey. So I would say that the, the mistakes or the learning um, opportunities, uh, as one would say, um, actually came from within working on Giving Tuesday itself. I think before that, what we were trying were sort of smaller experiments. I don't think we actually tried to start a movement until we started Giving Tuesday. And then it, was, it wasn't it was because of what we did. It was really because the community propelled it forward. And, and boy, I've learned plenty of lessons along the way. Yeah, the the right idea in the right time in the right place uh, is, you know, can't can't be understated. I want to share a quote with you and see how you think it relates to Giving Tuesday. Uh, from from Harry, Harry S. Truman, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets credit. I, like that, that, that quote could be the driving force behind Giving Tuesday. And, you know, the, the shame is that like the, we in the sector exist not to get credit. Like that's not the point. It's not in any of our mission statements. We don't exist to fundraise either. We fundraise so that we can exist to solve big social issues. But it, it too often turns into where's our logo go? How much credit do we get? What is the legal language correct? Are people using, you know, the color of our logo correctly? Let's issue some cease and desist letters. Um, and all of those resources should be deployed toward actually meeting our missions, which are really amazing, noble things, right? So with Giving Tuesday, it's, we, we celebrate the less credit we as a kind of central team get. Um, and, and I think the real definition of a, of a movement is, you know, does not does it have strong leadership, but is it always creating more leaders? And are they getting more of the credit? And then are they, in turn, creating more leaders themselves? And that's where you really see exponential change. So, you know, we the very first iterations of Giving Tuesday were 9-2-Y Giving Tuesday or Giving Tuesday, a 9-2-Y initiative or Giving Tuesday powered by 9-2-Y. And we just dispensed with all of that language because we realized that people are just not connecting with that kind of thing anymore. This is not the this is not the generation that, you know, chose Tide as their detergent and stuck with it for a lifetime unquestioningly. And people don't think that way about causes either. And they certainly don't think that way about movements. The interesting thing is that now, of course, we turn around and there's Me Too and there's Never Again and there's all these hashtag movements. Back when Giving Tuesday was started seven years ago, there were half of our building didn't even know what the hashtag was. It was it was really in its infancy. And um, but I think it caught just the, the beginning of a wave. Like you said, I think it was just the right idea at the right time. It's unfair sometimes to be like, well, you just got lucky. What you did do, you unselfishly created the right architecture. And you, you hinted at it also there that you allowed other leaders to take this, own this, and run with it. The idea that, you know, the the world of giving, the world of impact is a finite fixed pie of which I only get one slice is an error. And I'm willing to bet, you know, as I look at the fact that $274 million dollars more so maybe in 2017 were raised um you know i think the the 92nd street y even individually probably did better because of this being a national movement even from the fundraising perspective yeah so this is you're you're hitting on one of my kind of fundamental pet peeves with the with the sector in general which is this kind of scarcity mindset this um competitive mindset that we have that um 
I'm going to, I'm going to get really real with you about my opinion on this that sort of says like, okay, good. Um, like there's a finite pool of donors and there's a finite pool of dollars and we should all duke it out to the death, right. To get our piece of that finite pie. And I think what that mentality does is first of all, it prevents collaboration, right. And collaborative mindset is much healthier than scarcity mindset, but it also lets us off the hook. Like if we can say, well, there's only this tiny pie of donor dollars and donors or people, right. Who I hate, I hate referring to people as donors, um, who might become engaged in our cause. It sort of lets us off the hook of having to think in expansive and creative and collaborative ways about how we might grow that pie for everyone. Uh, and it's not true in our experience. In our experience, that pie is much, much bigger than anyone is thinking about. So I find that in the sector, there can be a lot of, um, a lot of hand-wringing about uh, how people aren't giving enough. Why aren't people giving more? Why aren't millennials giving more? Um, why aren't they more generous? And in reality, we should be turning that mirror on ourselves and asking, are we engaging them correctly? Yeah. You know, as you know, as a parent, the, the amount of love you have is is not sort of metered out by by slices, but is actually infinite and love and association with donation and giving and being accessed by the right cause in the right way, uh, I think definitely echoes echoes into that. Yeah. And, and you know, why why would we be engaging with people the same way we did as a sector 20 years ago or even five years ago or even three years ago when we know that people are fundamentally connecting and consuming and communicating in completely different ways, right? So why, why in the world wouldn't they be, why wouldn't their relationship to generosity also have changed? So I want to get back to Giving Tuesday because it's awesome. You know, the, the $274 million <laughs> raised last year, $2.4 million thereabout uh, gifts given. Uh, Whole Whale is predicting that it's going to eclipse $300 million this year, uh, closer to maybe even $330 million, uh, which, is, uh, which is incredible. Internally, you know, what are your metrics for success for Giving Tuesday? So actually, um, so last year we actually have revised that number up to already to over 300 million, um, <laughs> and and that's not even counting an additional 50 million that we learned were dispersed from donor advised funds. So we're we are so conservative about how we measure that number, and it's also worth remembering that it's only online dollars, um, just in that 24 hour period. So there's a real halo effect to Giving Tuesday, right? So, the, so giving is higher the day before Giving Tuesday and the day after Giving Tuesday. We really try to just stick with measuring what's happening in that 24 hours. Sometimes it's because we work with so many platforms, it takes a while for the numbers to trickle in, hence the revision upward. Um, I, I stay away steadfastly from predictions. I am, I am not trying to evade the question at all, but Giving Tuesday has surprised me every year. Sometimes it's sometimes by um, orders of magnitude, right? And sometimes not so, not so much by orders of magnitude. But I also, because I think that the dollars are just one thing that I look at um, and not even, not even necessarily the biggest thing, right? I mean, I think the, um, the global growth um, so this year we are at 54 countries and territories that have official Giving Tuesday movements, um, helping them get off the ground, supporting them. Just got back from South Africa and Kenya, um, where they're launching respectively their first Giving Tuesday year and their fourth Giving Tuesday year. So really trying to understand 
and celebrate and enjoy how different Giving Tuesday looks in all those places, and yet how how much a part of the collective it still is. It, it's absolutely fascinating. Um, and then, like you know, stories of kids who uh, are in small towns who you know are who kind of um, go out in groups of teenagers to perform unasked for acts of kindness for their neighbors. Like to me, that's an incredible metric of success. It doesn't have to be tied to something necessarily that we can measure. Um, and I love also the stories that are about pe communities that have um, traditionally thought of themselves as beneficiaries. So as people in need, have to, like, turning the table and realizing that everybody has something to give. So all of those, I think, are, are metrics of success. And one more, I think, really important that I forgot to mention, which is the leadership piece. So the what Giving Tuesday has yielded is um, this incredible network both globally and here in the United States, of social sector leaders. They're not always the most senior people even in their organizations, but they're the people who get it. They get movement mindset. Um, they get collaborative mindset. They don't suffer from scarcity mindset. They really want to change all of the conventional wisdom that they feel like is holding us back in this sector. They care passionately about what they're doing. And so watching those leaders grow and expand in their, in their skills and their remit and their reach and their careers is incredibly rewarding. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I like that you're just you're not only focused on the dollars in, which actually, uh, as it happens, can be sometimes more impacted by new technologies than anything uh, on the ground shifting. For instance, it, you know, it seemed like in 2017, Facebook also released their numbers to you with regard to how much was raised on that platform. I don't know if you can speak to that at all, um, you know, the impacts of new platforms and, and, and increasing donation ability. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think the impact is, is huge, and I think the impact is um, largely still in process, right? Like, because we're seeing those platforms change uh, by the year. So Facebook processed $45 million in donations on the last Giving Tuesday. That's massive, right? It was just massive. This year, they are they have announced a seven million dollar match in partnership with PayPal. So that's also a real milestone for Giving Tuesday. I believe that's the largest match that has yet been deployed on the day. Um, and I think you know the the, the thing that I notice when I think about um, when I think about Facebook, when I think about you know donors choose or global giving or any of those types of platforms is that. What they're doing is, is meeting people where they are now, right? That people are, people are online. People are social. People are wanting to be doing things collectively. So the, the, the vision of someone sitting at their desk on December 31st and writing a check to the same nonprofit that they've written a check for on December 31st for the past 30 years, that way of giving is going the way of the dodo, right? That, that's, that kind of giving is really transactional. It's, it's, perfectly fine, right? Because the money gets to where it needs to go. The organization does good work, but there's no feedback loop there. And that's what people are looking for these days in everything that they do, right? In, in all of the kind of activities that they're pursuing online and the way that they engage with things that they care about. What I think what, what, um, what this kind of generosity movement offers them is a sense of giving as a collective, as a human collective, that people are really looking for that sense of connection now, that it's much, much more rewarding, that there is a real feedback loop. What that does, I, I think, this is, 
this is really my opinion, um, is that by moving from that kind of transactional giving to that kind of transformational collective giving, what you do is create sticky givers, right? You create people who are going to get addicted to giving. And once people are generous, they're generous. Like this, this thing about donor fatigue is just another thing we tell ourselves, right? To not think about how we can up our own game. Because from our perspective, last year was just one disaster after the next, right? <laughs> from, from, from Trump on, it was like hurricanes and school shootings and the election, the infamous election. And people were giving over and over and over again. And they still gave again on Giving Tuesday. So people are not getting tired of being asked to give. They might be getting tired of the way we ask them. And just to add some data to that, you know, if we talk about the pool of money in the U.S. that, that is given, uh, the relationship between uh, GDP and giving is always fixed around 2%. Um, however, in 2017, that number got to 2.12%, uh, which, you know, for past couple of decades hasn't been touched. Uh, so, you know, it may seem like I'm talking about small numbers, but it was a significant increase uh, in giving and also, you know, all of the, the consternation about, oh, people are going to be fatigued on Giving Tuesday. There have been all these disasters, all these leading indicators. Um, just, you know, it didn't bear out. Um, and in fact, the opposite. Um, you know, I think it helped that. I think Facebook jumped in with uh, the free donation processing. Uh, but, you know, like you said, no one was tired. They were ready. Yeah, they were they were ready. And in, in, in our experience, that is that's how givers give. Like, that's how givers think about giving. And, you know, interestingly, Facebook released more data recently showing that um, of those people who did give on Giving Tuesday, um, something like one in five of them gave again in the following couple of months. So they just surpassed a billion dollars in charitable giving on that platform. Yeah, no, it, it, it's quite significant. Uh, the one in five is interesting also because I was I was going to say, in addition to your, you know, the the one time giving stat put out there um, by by various sources, including not limited to uh, MNR and giving uh, giving charitably, is that uh, you're going to keep about one in five of your first you know first time one time donors, uh, which you know is a good thing or a bad thing, but it also has to do with the way you message them and and nurture them. Do you think though that Giving Tuesday has that issue where you know people maybe expect too much because my friends of friends are are not going to become long time givers to this organization? Uh, they give because I asked them. Is that like a sort of misnomer that you should be keeping 100% of the people that you know give to you on this day? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, the, to me, this falls right in the same bucket as like uh, there's a whole um, sort of category of social sector conventional wisdom that I feel like we need to be seriously re-examining and sort of from a zero sum perspective. Right. So really trying to get out of what we may assume is true about all these different things. And this is one of them. So, like, you know, the, the, by far the biggest factor in getting people to give, as you said, is being asked by somebody in their in their friendship circle or their social network. And so if um, you know, if I go on and, and give because somebody asks me to to a cause that they care about, I don't necessarily want to be stewarded by that nonprofit going forward. Right. And so it doesn't really matter if I opt in so that they have my info or don't have my info. So I think I think we need to think in. I don't think that donor stewardship is not important. I think we just need to rethink what that's going to mean going forward. Yeah. Or the mindset that our stewards and our donors are our stewards uh, in, yeah, in this exactly. landscape. Right. Or the, the mindset that we there's there's us and then there's them and we steward them like the, the stewards are now they are the stewards. They are both the givers and the stewards. 
So I feel like I'm a terrible reporter here. You mentioned a $7 million match, and I had no follow-up questions whatsoever. And I feel like people listening are like, hey, George, go back to that thing where the free money was talked about. Because, yeah, sure, cool. What? PayPal? Facebook? What is this thing? Yeah, yeah. So it's massive. It's really it's really great. So PayPal and Facebook are, are partnering to, to do the $7 million match. I can give um, – I can send you a link to post for your community – um, that has all of the information and, you know, how how people can start a fundraiser and all that kind of stuff. Brilliant. But it'll be located for fundraisers on Facebook. It'll be matched, connected with PayPal. Yeah. I mean, consider that, you know, that, that's Giving Tuesday is a big day. Right. And and even seven million dollars is going to go pretty quickly. I want to I don't want to stay far away from giving anybody any fundraising advice because I'm not I'm far from an expert in this in this area. I think Facebook fundraisers is a great thing to experiment with for sure. Um, you know, it, I think Giving Tuesday is a really good opportunity to try a lot of different things um, and especially to sort of try a lot of different things with the with the view of seeing what works best. So doing some fun A-B testing. So maybe trying a Facebook fundraiser, but not necessarily counting on having every dollar matched. Yeah, I mean, especially because we already know the data that forty-five million was raised last year on the platform, and that number is larger than seven, yes. according, according <laughs> to math. Exactly, exactly. So that seven, that seven is going to get matched, right? And there has to be some kind of strategy beyond trying to get a piece of that. I'm wondering where you see the Giving Tuesday in ten years. So again, I worry that I'm going to sound evasive when I say this, but I specifically stay away from trying to see Giving Tuesday in 10 years, only because I feel like if I had tried to see Giving Tuesday in three years or five years or seven years right at the beginning, I would have been so far off base. So I I have pivoted in my own relationship to Giving Tuesday from um, trying to deploy uh, a set of strategic pillars against it to really watching what emerges organically from the Giving Tuesday community, from the way that it moves because it moves by itself. Then the way our leadership then comes in is we watch what's happening. We see what we feel like is really valuable or really meaningful. And then we deploy our resources to try and support that. So the reason I say that I couldn't possibly see Giving Tuesday in 10 years is that I don't know where the movement will take itself. Yeah, I mean, predictions are hard, especially when they're about the future. <laughs> yes, I think that's true, but especially with something like Giving Tuesday, because I think with a more traditional organization or a more traditional business, um, you're really guiding it from the head, right? There's a much more hierarchical, top-down, traditional power deployment sort of relationship, and that's just not the case with Giving Tuesday. So it's, it's almost like if I take my dog out for a walk, trying to pred- and I say, the dog can lead, lead me, I'll go wherever you want to go today, trying to predict where I'm going to end up. It's just silly. <laughs> I, I too, uh, you know, I track the data every year. One measure that I look at quite a bit is the search incidents and the growing search incidents, and as a proxy for for interest and awareness of the day. And I love seeing it grow every year. Uh, but I'm always like a little bit like there's more work to be done when you know it is being outstripped at uh, you know 20 to one by searches for Cyber Monday and other pieces. So uh, in terms of the the collective zeitgeist and, and intellectual mindshare. We've got some work to do, which is exciting because it means we can wake up tomorrow and get back after it. Yeah, I, you know, I couldn't agree with that more, George. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting because people are like, like we we are so 
amazed that people donated $300 million plus in one day. But if you just rewind 24 hours, they spent many, many multiples of that on Cyber Monday. So it's that, that share of discretionary income is there, right? And we can get more of it for the giving space. So people are spending billions on Cyber Monday and they're giving 300 million on Giving Tuesday. That still seems a little imbalanced to me. Are you saying my matching straw set that I got on sale last Cyber Monday could have been better spent elsewhere? Listen, I'm all for it. And I'm not saying that I've never shopped on Cyber Monday either, but I do think that having in mind that the next day is a really good opportunity to let some of those dollars go might eventually start to shift some of that behavior. All right. With that, time for rapid fire. Please respond honestly and quickly. Good luck to you. Yeah, that's hard for me. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year that you love? Okay, none. We did, we haven't started to use anything new. In fact, we're kind of we're actually not a very high tech team. We're kind of late adopters to things. I will mention two bits of technology that we absolutely rely on as a global network. So the first one is Slack because the Giving Tuesday team, like the, my team who works with me, is incredibly distributed. They're in Canada, they're in Hong Kong, they're in England, they're in Baltimore, they're in Chicago, they're in San Francisco. So without Slack, we would not feel like a cohesive team, and it really helps us do that. And then the other one is WhatsApp. We have the whole Giving Tuesday global network of leaders is connected on WhatsApp, I would say, every single day of the year, talking, rooting each other on, sharing best practices. So it's not the tool. It doesn't have to be super, super, super high tech. It's really how it's used. What are uh, one, let's say, tech dragons that you need to slay in the coming year, difficulties with you know, tech or integration? I don't know if this is quite what I would consider tech, but um, I've had a real crash course in how fractured and siloed and under-leveraged and under-collaborative um, data in the sector is. And so I would like to keep slaying that dragon. We're really, really trying to get to build a collaborative of um, – of data that is distributed, that is, sorry, that is deposited in one place and then used for everyone's benefit. It's a tremendous amount of work, but I'd like to keep, um, like to keep slaying that dragon. What is coming up in the next year that has you most excited? Um, I've mentioned it a bunch of times already, but um, the global growth of Giving Tuesday is just phenomenal. Um, I, I think we have we'll probably sign on a bunch of new countries. I love to learn about all of them. I love to learn about giving and data and just nerding out on um, what generosity culture in all of these new places is like and then going and visiting these people and having a beer with them is just the, the most fun. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? I, I don't think we're looking at a world in which most nonprofits are anywhere near in danger of putting themselves out of business because they're solving their missions. I think we're looking at a, a a time of real crisis, and I hope that nonprofits stay in the game, work toward putting themselves out of business for sure, because that would mean that they solve the problem, right? They met their missions, so off they go. Um, but for right now, we need uh, we need all hands on deck. Talk about a mistake you've made in your career early on that now shapes how you do things today. Oh, that's really interesting. So I think um, early on in my career, I thought more about what industry I wanted to be in and less about what skills I wanted to learn or what kind of culture I wanted to be part of. And I think I would probably, I'm not big into regrets and looking back, but I think that if I, if I certainly, if I had, um, if I was giving advice to somebody else, 
I would say, where are you going to gain the best skills that you possibly can? Think about that first and less about you want to work in climate change, you want to work with animals, etc. Once you get to be senior enough, you can be that picky. If I could put you in a hot tub time machine and go back to the starting, like the first day where you're coming up with the launch of Giving Tuesday, uh, what advice would you give to that younger Asha? Oh, she was younger. Seven years younger. <laughs> I mean, in her 30s, George. Prime. Um, I would say start applying the sunscreen now, sweetie. No, I wouldn't really say that. Um, I would say, I would say be willing to be uh, I think I, I think I always was, but I don't think I, I quite knew it. I would say be more willing to be a follower of this movement than a leader. If you had a Harry Potter style wand, magical, that you could wave across the industry, what would it do? Oh man, it would it would have people have complete amnesia with regard to the bucket of conventional wisdom that I mentioned. So they forget everything that they think they know for sure, and they have to build from the ground up all of the new best practices that they operate on from that day forward. What advice would you give current college graduates looking to enter the social impact sector? Oh, exactly what I said before, that I'm too old to give myself now. I would say, think about what skills you want to build. Think about what kind of culture you want to be part of. Think about who you can learn the most from. There is nothing, nothing that will teach you more than having a great boss who really invests the time in you to build your skills as a leader. So if you can find that kind of environment and it's not in your favored issue area, snatch it up. How did you get your start in the social impact sector? I was raised by a mom who worked with uh, teenage moms her whole career. And we were a very uh, under-resourced mom, single mom, uh, only daughter uh, family when I was young. And so um, I feel like I've been immersed in the world of service from the very youngest uh, age I can imagine. Um, and when I graduated from college, I wanted to be in book publishing, which I quickly realized was not at all the world for me. Um, I don't I never made the decision that I wanted to be in the social impact sector. And my my very nonlinear career trajectory took me there. I'm very grateful that it did. Um, but for me, the right thing to do was to let life take its twists and turns rather than having a 10-year plan, which is probably why I resist having a 10-year plan for Giving Tuesday, too. Here comes the here comes the real softball. How do people find you and how do people help you? Okay, that is a softball. So um, givingtuesday.org has everything that uh, a body could need. Um, we also obviously have a Facebook page and a Facebook group called the Giving Tuesday Learning Lab, which is for any nonprofit workers who want to come and share ideas with other people about their Giving Tuesday campaigns or just who have questions or need guidance. Um, I, we, I and my team are, are here to help. Um, we're here to support people either who are brand new to the movement or who are um, or who are old hands and might have hit a wall. Um, one thing that I encourage people to think about if they feel stuck, um, if, if, if you ever get to the point where you feel like Giving Tuesday is turning into pressure to innovate rather than an opportunity to innovate, is to just look at some stuff that other people have done and try it. So I, I, I always say there's no stealing in Giving Tuesday. They, they're replicating other people's ideas is a, is a terrific option. It doesn't always have to mean coming up with something amazing and new yourself. Absolutely. Steal like an artist for good. I love it. All right. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your, your wisdom and time. Uh, and 
fingers crossed. A new record should be broken this year. Yeah, thanks for having me, George. I think it'll be a great day. Love the in the room story there of coming up with Giving Tuesday. Certainly a great idea at the right time, right on the you know the sort of birth of when hashtags could gain that type of momentum and awareness. But it's so much more than a hashtag. You know this day of giving continues to grow. We're estimating that's going to eclipse 330 million. I hope it beats that um, by 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 miles. The episode resources are going to be great for this one because we're going to get a couple more details and links for Giving Tuesday. Uh, this is episode number 108, so go find that at wholewhale.com slash podcast, episode 108. And I hope this has been uh, as fun for you as it was for me to, to get this story and, and understand a bit more about it, uh, not just about the day of giving, but in how you may craft, how you may craft the next movement. Good luck. This has been Using the Whole Whale, stories of data and technology in the social impact world. Resources, as always, may be found at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, as always, to gregthomasmusic.org. You're awesome, Greg. Your music somehow is awesomer. Yeah, yeah, that's a word. gregthomasmusic.org.